Hello everyone, you're listening to the Fashion Photography Podcast and my name is Virginia Yancheva. My guest today is not just a fashion photographer, he's also a former model. So brace yourself, because today you're gonna learn a lot. He's gonna share with us how to build a good relationship with your model. Of course, who can do it better? He's also gonna let us know what are the signs if you're a good fashion photographer. Also, how to learn from your mistakes and some insights of the fashion scene in Asia. There are so many things to say that I think it's time for us to start. Hi, my name is Olivier Yuan. I was born in the south of France and I've stopped my studies uh, before finishing high school because I had the opportunity to become a model at the time. And uh, yeah, I had the choice or to travel the world or to stay in the countryside of, of France and thought it was much more pleasant to, to travel the world. So I started to do modeling and then I did it for a few years. And um, after a while, I was kind of bored of just doing that. I wanted something more creative uh, where I could express myself more. Uh, and uh, photography seemed to be quite nice, especially that um, I grew up with parents who were very much into art and also photography. So when I was like really young, I was uh, helping my mom. Uh, she had a dark room. I was uh, helping her to develop her pictures, things like that. So I thought, yeah, photography was like, a good idea. So I started to take pictures of my friends, model friends. I made a Facebook page and step by step had more followers and then clients started asking me to work for them. So this is how it kind of all started. And uh, now I live between Asia and Europe. So I'm a lot in China, Hong Kong, even the Philippines. And then in Europe, I'm often in Paris, in London, places like that. So I'm just like traveling all the time. Basically. A lot of traveling, yes. Do you think that your model experience helped you to find a crew, a team that you can work with? Yeah, I, I will never deny that. The fact that I was doing modeling helped me so much in so many ways. First, of course, just when I started photography to build my portfolio, to build it up, it was so much easier because I was already in the industry. So I had a lot of model friends who were willing to you know, pose for me. Because I was a model also, it was just... I had the experience of posing. I know how it feels like to be on the other side of the camera. So I can, I, I know how it feels. And, um, and also, well, directly when it comes to contact, I was already in the industry. So the people who were following me on Facebook would see my work and it was just easier to reach people in the industry and to start actually working in it. I'm sure it's a lot more hard for people who are not originally in the industry because I do think it's a pretty tough industry to, to penetrate. I think people tend to be quite close in the people they work with. It's hard when you're an outsider. If, even me, it was difficult as well, you know, because a lot of models want to be photographers and a lot of models are not really, really good photographers, I think. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, there's also the thing like, oh, another model that wants to be a photographer. So, I mean, of course I had to prove myself, but it was still easier than if I was just wanting to be a photographer's um, and I was starting from the countryside of friends. That would have been a lot harder, yeah. Did you start on your work as a photographer just when you decided this or you were going to some courses? Or I never had courses. Um, I learned a lot through my mistakes. I did a lot of mistakes <laughs> because I started and... I, I, I had an aesthetic, so some of my pictures were nice, but of course, you know, uh, I, I had to, I, when it comes to the technical side of things, I'm not a technical person. So it took me a while before I, I figured how the whole equipment thing works and everything. There was some negative experience, 
right? When yeah, you yeah, decided yeah. to become a photographer. Yeah. I was wondering if uh, this was mostly from photographers. When I decided to become a photographer, okay, so that's going to be a, a funny part. I started doing photography in Asia. And there's something here that's called white privilege. And um, it really exists, which means that it's going to be easier for me to get a job than somebody who's Asian because I'm French, I'm white, and also because I was a model. But it was easier to get jobs. The problem is people would like me and uh, they would give me some jobs that I have no idea how to do it. And I would just be like, okay, I'll do it. But I had no idea how to do the job. So there's a bunch of shoot I really fucked up. Like I would, <laughs> it, it just it just went wrong. Uh, I saved it with Photoshop, with a lot of jokes and, um, yeah, humor. But some shots went really, really, like, it was just really bad photo shoots. I had no experience. I started, like, not even a year before. And people were like, oh, yeah, Olivier is doing photography. Like, let's use him for a shoot. And then I arrived, and I didn't even have an assistant. I barely knew how to use my camera. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, like, there are things. And then, of course, I felt bad because that's, you know, as a, as a professional, as somebody who wanted to be a professional, I wanted to do great work. But that's that's how I learned. Like, I, I had my share of shooting that went wrong. And I learned a lot out of it. I learned even more from shooting that went great. Because then I knew what I had to do to, to make it work. I'm very happy because now, since I became a freelance photographer, which means that that's like a year and a half go almost because I was working for a studio for a while also since I became freelance I can I can count on the client who were not that satisfied by my services on one hand so there's like less than five and they were not really really unhappy like they use the photos they're just like yeah they're just okay but I have to say like, most of my clients are really really happy and uh, I've got amazing feedback so it took a while it took some you know mistakes fucked up shoes but now like I can say like they're all great so al almost almost you're so calm talking about your failures. I'm always asking our guests if they can give us a, a specific example of their failures because I think it's very important. And the way you talk about it, so uh, calm, I think it's very cool. So do you have a specific story? Yeah, about that, I think for anybody who who wants to be successful in what they do, I think it's very important to see your failures and to know your weaknesses to see them. I read this book that's called The Social Animal by Dan Brooks. It's about success and people who are successful in life, which means not only work, but also family, you know, that general success in life. And what he says at the end of the book is like, at the end, to be successful, you need to really know your weaknesses, accept them and work with them. Because I know so many people who are so talented, and but they have big weaknesses, they'll just deny them. And because they deny them, they don't work on them. They don't try to, you know, improve or get the right people to balance their weaknesses. And for that reason, they are just failing over and over and over again. So when it comes to my failures, I think to recognize them, not to be shy about it, really helps me going forward. And it's it's really working. So that, that's pretty cool. Uh, when it comes to one of my failures... Let me think about it. I don't try to remember this so often. <laughs> I can tell you about the last one because it was um, it it was really. It's recent, it, so you it, do it, remember it. Was, it. It's recent, and it was a really bad one because it also involved friend, a mm -hmm. uh, friend who is really dear, and I'm actually meeting him up later today. I'm having dinner with him. Oh, that's um, the dinner. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's the dinner. So he's a friend of mine. He's a designer. 
I met him when I was modeling, when I was 19 years old in London, I was doing shows for him. And then when I became a photographer, I started to work for him as well as a photographer, which is really, which is really cool. I, I, I always like to shoot with, with clients that I used to shoot as a model. And I'm like, yeah, the other side. Um, so yeah, so he was, uh, he was working for, uh, for a big, for a big brand and, um, he asked me to do uh, his lookbook. We were going to shoot in London and I'm not so familiar with shooting in studio in London. Like I'm, I do location, uh, but in studio I, at the time when I did it, I never did it in London. So I was not so familiar with it. So I have an assistant in London and I was like okay can you help me producing this we need to find a studio and everything and then she was like yeah I know a great studio you know Merton Mercus should there David Sims should there like it's a great studio I work with them a lot let's shoot there so I was like perfect you know and then she asked for the price and we gave the the quote to the price to my client who is also a friend and he said, oh, that's too expensive. I know another studio where we can do it. It's going to be cheaper. And I was like, oh, okay, that works. Like, let's just do it in a cheaper studio. So I let my assistant handle all the work there in, in London. We needed to do a, a background, a special background. So we had reference for the background. We knew exactly what we wanted to do. So I felt like, okay, it's pretty easy. We just need to do that background. We'll just give the reference and they can just do it. So my assistant went to meet the studio, tell them what we wanted, and the studio said, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. It's going to be really easy to do. Uh, like, we can do that. So I was like, okay, perfect. So I did not question their ability to do the set. And the night before the shoot, instead of going to the studio and to verify the shoot to make sure that it was perfect, I went to a fashion party. <laughs> um <laughs> And that was the wrong idea because the next morning we arrived at the studio and we were supposed to have, I'm, I'm going to go quick because I don't, maybe don't want people to know too much about who that is, but, but we were supposed to have mirrors that are like three meters high uh, and the curtains. So there's no reflection in the mirror and the mirrors were about 130 centimeters high. So that's three times smaller and basically, it, nothing could work. And the light that I wanted to do could not work. And everything was terrible. And, and I almost lost one of my best friends because of that. That went on over for like, I was supposed to, you know, have holidays in London after that shoot. It was not holidays because I was like so sad. And I had to do three times more retouching because I had to like, you know, try to make it work. So, of course, I work with a retoucher, but I need to show the retoucher what I want to do. So I first had to do it myself. It was long. I had to do it on a few pictures to also show the clients what I could do with what we did. It was really bad. So my advice is always, always make sure before the shoot that everything is perfect. And that if you are doing a, a set in the studio, make sure that the set is exactly as you want. And if you go to a fashion party, first go to check the studio. It's going to take you five minutes and you might gain money, keep friends and, uh, you know, everything is going to be great. So, yeah, that was my failure. Oh, thank you for this story. Earlier I asked you if you've ever been on courses like uh, photography courses. Uh, no, I never did. I never did. I, I learned through, of course, seeing like how people were shooting me when I was a model. Surprisingly, that's not really how I learned most. I think where I learned the most is experiencing. That's what I tell my assistants. Um, I'm trying to push my assistants to, to grow as photographers as well, because I, I guess that's what they want. I wish if I assisted a photographer, they were doing that with me. So I'm always telling them, like, you need to practice. 
the reason why I'm able to get jobs, the reason why I know how to deal with models, the reason why I know how to do my composition, it's because I've practiced so much over and over and over again. Every time I have free time, even now, I still practice. I do my own personal projects every time I have free time because this is the way to learn. The people who go to school, I don't think they are better than the ones who didn't, frankly. I mean, it, the thing that makes you a good fashion photographer is, I think, a few things. First, you need to expose yourself to the work of other photographers, mostly the ones that inspire you. And you need to always be looking at art. You need to look at movies all the time. You need to, way, to see the way movies are being shot. You need to uh, subscribe to fashion blogs and online magazines where every day you receive work of other photographers and you see what they do. You see what's in the trends. You need to learn about moods. You need to learn about... You know, how do you speak as a fashion photographer? How do you make a story with the clothes? Because the, the clothes speak. So it's all you need. You need to learn all this by yourself. Going to school will not teach you much, I, I think. Uh, because I see a lot of friends of mine who come out of school and I'm, and I'm like, why did you go to school for, you know? And they, <laughs> it's a bit mean, but, but I really think so. And, um, and of course, yeah, like the more you practice, the more you're going to be familiar with your equipment, the more you're going to have problems on your shoot and the more you're going to know how to resolve your problems. So I think that's the way to learn. And also don't be shy to ask questions. Like when you do a shoot, show your work to professionals, see what they can give you as advice. Ask for critics. I know it's tough and it hurts and I hate it. But they help so much, you know, as for it doesn't mean you need to listen to people because a lot of people will tell you things that you should not follow, but you should at least know what they think. The more you know what people think, the more you know how to deal with people, the, new, the more you know how to deal with clients. And that's very, very important. Put yourself under the critics, like ask for them, ask for critics all the time. Have you ever been on a portfolio review? A portfolio review? Yeah. Like um, I show my portfolio and or what, what do you mean? Yes, just like um, this. There are uh, this, uh, this events. They're quite big actually in different uh -huh. countries. It's exactly the same thing. That, like, I, I, like you said, showing your portfolio to some big names. Oh, okay. No, I've never done that. So probably because I was a model was easier because I knew people in the industry already. So that's that's the people I asked to. I never tried to go on on like a portfolio review or something like that. I mean, uh, I was yeah, I I didn't do that. No. Well, you probably do remember the first time you had a big client, right? Yeah, I, re I remember my first clients. Yeah. Your first, very first client. Mm -hmm. Oh, please yeah. tell me more about it. So I'm working with that client in three weeks. So that's pretty cool that I'm still. <laughs> working with my first um, actual client. Um, Easy, well, it was, at, that was at the time where I was doing a lot of test shoot with models. And um, that model I liked a lot. I shot her like three times and we were like good friends. And she talked about my work to that client she was working a lot with. And she showed my pictures and then the client just contacted me because um, she liked my pictures. And that's that's how I did it. I hope she's not going to hear that. Um, <laughs> <holy> <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, at the time I was also like, well, you know, like I'm here just doing like here. It's like, I don't need it to survive. So like, I just need to do something I really like because if not, I'm not interested to it. I was basically telling her that like, she had to make me do something I want to do uh, because I didn't need to do any other things. 
But actually, the reason why I said that because I had no idea how to do the other things. So I just like pitch her like some stuff that I can actually do. <laughs> and uh, it went great. The problem is like technically I was not like my camera sucked and my lens sucked and I didn't know how to get, you know, proper sharp pictures. So like the pictures were not as sharp as they should have been. But she was really happy about the pictures. And then I've worked twice on her campaign since that and I'm working on it like very soon again so that's that's pretty that, that that's that that worked out yeah that that was my first bigger job for an actual brand cuz before I did like a few like portraits that were paid stuff like that but that was my first uh brand campaign shoot well how did you learn to retouch same as photography trying trying asking for advices to people but it's mostly about trying and and looking at the way pictures are retouched in the best magazines i always tell my assistants like you need to look at vogue uh, you need to i mean or I like look at the magazines you want to be in and then look at the way it's being retouched and then you know try try to to do it like that i always look at the way pictures are retouched in magazines and things like that and the photographers that i like And I was trying to, you know, make my picture have the same quality. Then I've watched a bunch of, you know, videos uh, on YouTube and stuff like that. I had a few photographer friends who give me, who gave me tips. And from then on, it's just about trying over and over again. Yeah, good. Well, um, can you share your success quote? I think like what I said about weaknesses earlier, know your weaknesses, accept them, work with them. That's it. It, it really makes the whole difference. Like, don't be shy about it. Is there an advice you've, uh, like the best advice you've ever received? I've received a lot of great advices. I think, I don't know if it's the best one, but it's one that my manager, when I was a model, told me when I, when I started to want to become a photographer. She told me, like, Olivia, you're starting. You want to work with people. Don't try to be super creative genius edgy because you're starting you're not working with the best people in the industry yet so take it easy try to make beautiful timeless images and try to make them well and step by step you can go more and more creative when you are with people who can put it up like be creative with like of course your angles you know uh maybe the pose something like that but try to still keep something classic because that's how people will want to work with you. And when you start to work with better people uh, or people who have more experience, then you can actually go more into your own style and then you can dare things. But at the beginning, do beautiful photos. Don't try to be super like innovative, crazy, whatever, because it might not serve you the most. And I think that was a really really good advice because I can see that the fact that I didn't go too crazy and, and the shoots that I went to a little bit like try to be like creative and G cool. I'm not using them at all in my portfolio anymore because they, it's true that I was not with the, the right people to do it. It's, it took a while before I could access to like the best stylist, best makeup artist that can actually do something very interesting and go deep into a concept. But when you start do things simple but do them very well i think that's that's a really good advice it is you've been also a model and i was wondering have you ever had this awkward situations with some photographers that are not that you really get you into this how can a 
person, a photographer, be sure that he's dealing well with models? How can he be sure that he's dealing well with models? Do you need something specific for this? Do you, do you... Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the whole relationship thing as a photographer is so important. The first thing I, I can tell about the way I deal with the models, um, when, when the model arrives on set, and so uh, on set or wherever the location, and um, the first thing I'll do is, I'll, if I don't know the model especially, I'll go and I'll talk with the model, make a connection with the model, um, make the model like you, if you can, because that way it's going to be a lot easier to produce the images you want to, to do. If you're a great photographer, if you do great stuff, show your work to the model before the shoot and show like your best, you know, your best work. And that way the model will already trust your eye. He will think like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. I'm going to, I'm going to follow him, you know? Start this relationship with the model because it, it's really a relationship that you start with the model. I'm not saying like you need to be over nice and let the model do whatever he wants on the shoot because like that, that clearly doesn't work. You need to have some sort of an authority, but because it's, it's really a balance between your relationship with the model and also what the clients want. If you work for a client, what you want, but I would say become close to the model. The model is the model and the clients are the two most important things you're going to have in your shoot. If it's like a, a commercial job or, or for a magazine, when it comes to like the whole posing and everything personally, and that's because I used to be a model and that's also for, for different reasons that I can explain later, but I'll do the pose myself first. Usually if I want something like complicated or, or even something easy, sometimes I'm just going to be like, I'll give the, the, the camera to my assistant. I'll do the pose myself. I'll do, I'll show the feeling I want and I'll be like, I want you to do that and I'll do it. And then the model can do it. I think if you're a photographer, you need to be able to show what you want the model to do. So I do it. And if the model doesn't get it, I'm like, oh, wait, wait, I want you to do like that. And I'll do it again until they get it right. Do you find it different to shoot a girls or boys? Not so much. Well, what Not do so you much. prefer? <laughs> to shoot females um, or males? I really like to shoot both. The thing with me is some photographer like to shoot models because they feel sexually attracted to it and they'll bring out the sexuality in the picture. This is how they they make they produce great images. And I respect that. I think it's it can be great. It's not the way I work. Especially when it comes to my personal projects, I put myself in the model, which means there is a story I want to tell. I actually want to talk about myself. I want to express myself. The model is my way to express myself. Share the one thing that excites you right now. What's the thing that inspires you the most? There is a bunch of things that inspire me the most. I'm happy because right now I'm at that point where I start to really understand who I am as a photographer, which means I'm, I'm understanding more my aesthetic. And it also comes with a personal understanding, which I understand more who I am as a person. Because clearly my pictures talk about myself. So the more I know who I am, the more I know what my pictures I want to look like. What excites me right now is really, it's really that I'm able to express myself. That's so amazing because I don't need to talk stories forever. I can just show a picture and people get to know about me without even knowing it. What inspires me is very much my childhood, the experiences of my childhood. 
I come from the south of France, from the mountains of the south of France. I grew up spending my times around waterfalls and in the forest. And you can, if you look at my work, you can very, very easily see that. I'm also very much inspired by artists that combines those elements from my childhood, but making it in a different way. There's this painter, his name is Hernan Bass. He's from uh, Florida, and his work is just incredibly beautiful and I see myself in it so I guess there, there's an element of narcissism and all that I suppose <laughs> but um yeah I, I really I get inspired by painters I'm very inspired by uh, painters uh, from the renaissance and uh, from like a few centuries ago um I of course I, I love da Vinci I love from another time I love Caravaggio as well um, I'm really, I love this aesthetic, this like a bit antique Renaissance aesthetic. I'm also inspired by, of course, film and movies that I like. I love uh, Hayao Miyazaki, the Japanese anime uh, director. So I'm very much inspired by some of his uh, cartoons. And also the movies from the, the, the historical movies from the south of France probably because I'm, I'm from there, that I feel very, very connected to them and they, they inspire me a lot. Like, I'll, I'll watch the movie and I'll get, like, screenshots of the movie, like, stills of the movie, and I'll, I'll try to make them in, like, beautiful images as well. Like, that, I find it's so, so inspiring. So, yeah, that's that's my, insp my inspiration. So you consider yourself most, um, not yourself, but your style, most like an European one? It's difficult to say because... As much as I can feel like my aesthetic comes from the south of France, I don't feel that French in my way of thinking, if I could say. I don't know if that sounds pretentious or not. <laughs> French are very pretentious. <laughs> my mom is Belgium, so I feel, and she was, she grew up and she was raised in Africa, in Congo. Whoa. And I, I feel, I feel like she's very African in her thinking. It's quite funny. She's like, she, of course, she's this like white lady and she's very, She's very African in her thinking. Like I realized that later, I was like, "Why my mom is so different?" And actually, yeah, she grew up in Africa. She speaks Swahili. Like Whoa. she's African, you know. Um, do so you? I and I, do I what? Do I feel? Do Do you speak do this I, language? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I would love to speak it, um, but she didn't teach me enough. I know a few words. Well, still, <laughs> but, you know um, something. <laughs> yeah, still, I know something. So, and I've traveled a lot. I grew up in Canada and my, with my parents' work, you know, we were going a lot to like the Caribs. I went to Morocco when I was young for a few weeks and I was always like traveling around Europe. So I would say my style is kind of European. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, because I love to shoot Asian things as well. I mean, I love to shoot Asian oh, models. So I love the Asian landscapes. Oh, but I'm sorry. For those yes. of our audience who are not really into this and they don't know the difference between these styles, can you just explain a little more? Between, you mean Asian style yeah, and, and European? European as, a, as photographers? Yeah. What I would say is it's new for Asia to have a high-end fashion market. It's in the recent years that all this has developed. And... Um, a lot of the photographers here have not been, how to say, exposed to the work of other great photographers. I don't think there's really an Asian way of taking pictures. I think a lot of Asian photographers do tend to focus on stuff that's pretty bling bling. <laughs> can I say it like that? Yeah, you can. Um, 
Because then again, you've got some some Asian photographers that are really amazing, like Wing Xia, and he could totally be European as well. So in general, yes, I would say that a lot of Asian photographers tend to, you know, overpose, over Photoshop, uh, have too much makeup, uh, do a lot in studio and a lot of over retouching. But I just feel that's because they're they're not exposed to international fashion. But maybe I'm just talking a lot and it doesn't make so much sense. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. I was even wondering how can you do this when when you've been sleeping for just three hours. <laughs> yes, I know it's crazy. Sleeping for three hours, then shot for a bunch of hours on a rooftop in the sun. It's fun. I guess I'm. I just can talk easily. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I think one of the thing with I'll talk about China for that point. In China, there's a copying mentality. People copy other people. That's kind of part of the culture because in the Chinese culture, it's kind of like you need to copy the master. That's how, that's how you become good. And I don't think it's bad. That's just how it's been done. But they need to, you know, get a little bit out of it. And they are starting, you know, I mean, you've got some really great Chinese photographer, even like Chen Man. It's photography mixed with like graphic art. And it's beautiful. I mean, and she's becoming, you know, one of the main photographers in the world. She's doing even stuff for international brands. Like she did the guest campaign recently. She's done the cover of ID, which was amazing. So you've got talent that's coming out. What I see in Asia that photographers might not really be able to do well for now is very lively shots. Shots that, 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 you know, have a lot of emotion in it and stuff like that. They, they have a hard time getting emotion. I think it's because the culture is also very restrictive when, it's, when it comes to emotion. People don't show that much emotion, so it's hard for them to show it in their photographs. So, yeah, maybe at the end of the day, maybe I am a, a European photographer. <laughs> <laughs> There's some great American photographers as well. I mean, look at Avdon Works. It's, it's actually gorgeous, and it's going to live on forever. So, Well, do you think that your European style... Is actually the the one thing that makes you so interesting for the Asians. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that it's a great strength when I am in Asia to to be able to do shoots where people look alive, where there's a a very a strong narrative because there's not a lot of photographers like that here. And yeah, it's definitely a plus. I'm working on my aesthetic and trying to show more myself in the pictures. And I hope it's, it's going to be great enough to also be very interesting for European magazines and brands as well. It's starting, so let's see how it works. Yeah, but definitely it's a plus. I won't deny that. Well, what if you wasn't in Hong Kong right now? Do you think that they'll be that interested in your work? Or it's going to be more difficult for you to reach them? I think it's been easier for me because I kind of started uh, photography in Asia, even if I've, I've, I've done in Europe as well. Like I, I do it a few every once a year, every once in a while, sorry. So I go like twice, three times a year to Europe and I shoot there. I shoot there for Asian clients and I also work for European clients. It's definitely easier here. At the same time, I see a lot of other European photographers that cannot deal with Asian, especially Chinese clients, because the way to deal with things is very different. I'm lucky enough that I like a lot of people and I like different cultures, so it's easier for me to adapt to different, you know, practices and ethics when it comes to work. Because I, because I see, I see European coming here, you know, European photographers, but they don't stay long. I feel like uh, it, it is a challenge to come here. And yes, the aesthetic might help, but then there's a whole 
human side of things that might make it difficult. But I'm really hoping that I'm not just appealing to to Asia. <laughs> I I like my work. I think I think it works for Europe as well. And I yeah. think um, and I think with uh, things progressing, I think I, I think I'll be able to show things that I hope will attract the best editors to work with me. I'm I'm pushing for that. I'm <laughs> Let's hoping. see what happens. Your friend might not be listening, but you don't mm -hmm. know. There might be some very very big figure listening to us right now. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. you can expect a call <laughs> um, sounds good <laughs> I wanted to ask you so many questions but okay so what's the, the most important thing for you in an image when you see it what's gonna just catch you it might not be your photograph it might be someone else's yeah I don't like just my work I, 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 I really like <laughs> I really love a lot of photographers I can talk to you about The work, for example, of photographers I love. There's uh, this lady, her name is Sally Mann. She's very celebrated. She's American and she's doing this work. She's She has done this huge project for many years with her children where she was photographing her children. And she uses very old Polaroids camera, similar as, as the one, for example, Paolo Roversi uses. What I love in those pictures is there's a very strong sense of timelessness. This picture could have, could have been taken uh, 200 years ago. It, it could have been taken now. The, the technique is old, but what's in the picture is really timeless. I love timelessness in pictures. I love that it can speak to people any time in the history. I love that. Um, I, I really love when pictures have a very earthy thing to it. I love when it shows an emotion that's strong. I like it when it's storytelling. It's difficult to see what I like the most in pictures because even I like a lot of work that I would not want to do. I appreciate a lot of photographers' work. I appreciate um, the work of Mario Testino, even if it's very different from what I want to do. I appreciate the work of Ines and Vinod, even if it's very different from what I want to do. What's important in an image? I think at the end of the day, the most important is when you can connect to the picture, when it can remind you something, bring out something inside you. Yeah, I'm lost now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm trying. Oh, that's, that's fine, no worries. You're my first guest from Hong Kong. Because you're a freelancer, I was wondering how do you set your rates and uh, also what was the first time when you had this problem? Or if it's a problem for you, of course. It's been a huge problem with me because I'm not a money oriented type of person and when I like people I tend to be nice sometimes <laughs> but at the same time it's also my strength so it's fine I decide my rates well you know capitalism right the offer and the demand is that how you say it yeah uh, of course I asked a little bit around you know how much photographers were getting paid depending on you know the, their experiences and, and stuff like that a few things let's say I'll work for a Chinese brand I'll make sure to know how many stores they have. I'll see like how much budget basically they could spend out of this, out of how much shops they have, out of, you know, if they're very popular on social media, things like that. Then I'll make the rate more or less high. I'll see if, that they have more budget. Usually because also, you know, fashion is always a pretty small world. When it's brands that are a little bit known, I can always ask friends, you know, oh, what about these brands? Do they have budget? How much do you think I should, you know, 
ask to them, do you think that's reasonable? And then I have a bunch of friends in the industries and I think that's talking with my friends, it helps me like deciding what, what rate I'm going to make. And I'll, I'll also like, I put my rate higher every time because I have more and more work. And so the fact that I have more and more work means I need to make the price up because I cannot accept everyone. So that's, that's a way of being selective as well. Yeah. If someone was starting a career in your field right now, what are the mm -hmm. three things that they can start doing from tomorrow to make it happen? In photography, well, shoot anyone, anytime, like anytime you have time, practice all the time. As I said earlier, uh, get exposed to photographs that inspire you. And the third thing would be don't hesitate to ask advices to people. That's what comes to my mind right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the other thing is <laughs> a fourth one. Yeah, um, see it. Being a photographer is not just taking pictures. It's also very, very much a human experience and love people. You need to love people. You need to love the people you're going to shoot. You need to be interested in people. Love people. It's going to help you a lot. That was a great advice. Thank you very much for this interview. Oh, my pleasure. I hope you can get some uh, stuff out of it. <laughs> it was a lot of stuff, I'm sure. In the end, I'll be crying when we cut all the... <laughs> all the... <laughs> It's fine. Just try to cut the parts where I sound really retarded and that's going to be cool. Okay. okay. <laughs> Thank you very much again. Great, gratefully. Yes. It was my honor. I hope you're also feeling fine with this and you enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I always like talking. <laughs> <laughs> Even after three hours of sleeping. Thank you very much again. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for asking me to do this. Just as usual, you can find a link to my guest's work and my own work in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave your honest review on iTunes. You can also let us know by commenting on our Facebook page or Google Plus community. Both are called the Fashion Photography Podcast. There you can also let us know what are you excited about right now and what are you struggling with so we can discuss it on Friday and hopefully help you with it.